Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action and create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in the tech field starts right now. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Leonie Moose. Leonie is head of program at Grace Accelerate Female Entrepreneurship in Berlin. Prior to joining Grace, she worked for a fintech company builder for startups in the e-commerce sector and a venture capitalist firm in Berlin. In addition to her extensive startup and investment experience, she worked at global companies such as Vodafone before she began her career at the German Foreign Office. With this international and broad industry knowledge, she is now dedicated to build a digital, gender diverse and entrepreneurial future. Welcome to the show, Leonie. I'm so happy to have you. Thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Great. So as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Um, yes, I can try to. <laughs> um, I'd say I never really focused or followed a certain career path and probably uh, nothing that ever happened was planned. Um, so I think curiosity and, and openness to, to new things and trying out new things is um, something my career journey is really built upon. Mm -hmm. um, and for me at a young age, I knew that I wanted to explore the world and find out what else is out there. I knew there is so much else out there and I have to find it all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that led me to my first job, which uh, was being a civil servant of the um, German Foreign Office. Mm -hmm. Um, where I had the chance to work abroad. Um, I learned a whole lot about politics and diplomacy. Um, but very soon it became also quite narrow for me. And there was this curiosity again, what else is out there? Um, and I traveled for a while and tried out several like smaller jobs, like working in a kindergarten, working in a cafe. I even became a barista. Mm -hmm. And... I'd say tech and, and also especially the startup world where I'm now in um, came into my life or I came into this world um, about 10 years ago. Um, and back then I was hired by a startup in, in the e-commerce sector. And <laughs> back at the time, um, startups was were still quite new in Germany, I'd say, or at least for me. And it really felt like the Wild West. Um, mm -hmm. And um, it taught me a lot. Um, it provided me um, a lot of space to try things out and, and find my place probably or what I want to do because I could start several projects and gain insights in, in many new topics. Um, and, um, and it was a totally different environment to work in um, compared to the working environments I was in before. You know, mm -hmm. and um, 
yeah, so this was basically the start in, in the startup world for me. Um, later on, I worked um, for a company builder in the fintech industry. Again, totally new topics. <laughs> I had no <laughs> idea about financial services or fintech or insurtech, um, but also a great challenge and, and lots of opportunities. Um, and I would say for me, this is really an environment where I th uh, thrive in and and can try things out. Um, and um, now with a focus on female entrepreneurs, um, it's even better. That's great. I love your curiosity. I love your um, your willingness to try new things and just jump in with both feet to see what you like and what you don't like. So that's great. And then you found what you love. Um, so that's great. Now, you know, with startups, uh, I would love to get your thoughts as to the differences of female entrepreneurship in Germany versus the U.S. And, you know, I'm an entrepreneur here in the U.S., so we can definitely compare notes and, and those types of things. But how would you compare them? Mm, yeah, I am really looking forward to discuss this with you and also get your views on that. Mm -hmm. um, because, as you know, I'm I'm based in Germany, so I, I rather get have more insights probably in, in the German ecosystem or the European one. Um, so that's an interesting topic. Um, and what I would say, or I would discuss two topics. One is a big topic here still is the visibility of female founders, female entrepreneurs and of diverse role models. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that already changed for the better over the past years um, and um, there are more uh, role models like female leaders and founders and so on <clears throat> um, but I guess that in terms of celebrating successes and shedding a light on, on female role models I guess the US is probably doing a bit better <laughs> Um, so maybe that's one topic. And the other one is um, is the lack of capital that is invested in female founders. But maybe we can come to that later on. Um, so, um, yeah, maybe you can you can share your view how the visibility status in the US is and uh, what kind of narratives are out there. So great question and great point. Um, I don't know that we are much better in the U.S. Um, the visibility of female founders is is there in different organizations, and they do a good job to highlight and bring them out with um, webinars and speakers and conferences, those types of things. Mm -hmm. But it's still a challenge. Um, the number of women leaving the technology industry is sky high right now. And mm -hmm. those numbers keep declining. And it really bothers me because, you know, we are trying our best to bring more women into the techn technical field and the numbers just keep going the other way. So I think the visibility is so important and we have to continue, continue to do that, continue to bring that visibility because girls are, need to see that role model for them to aspire to being that type of, being in that type of role. 
And um, I think we really have to start to spend a lot of time on the pipeline, which is young girls from 8 to 13, uh, because by the time they are done with high school, they are not thinking technology and they're not thinking uh, about those new jobs that could be really good like AI or cloud or um, IOT, those types of things. So they're not thinking of themselves in those roles because they've never seen a role model. So I think we have a lot of work to do here too as well. And uh, you mentioned lack of capital and that is another big area that is a problem here as well. Um, only 3% of venture um, venture capitalists fund female-owned businesses, only 3%. Mm -hmm. So that is really, really a very small number, and we need to change that. Yeah, definitely. And that's... Um... I mean, there are plenty of studies around that topic also, right? Mm -hmm. And um, we also did a survey ourselves last year because many of the studies are focusing rather on the US or on an international level. And we mm -hmm. wanted to find out how female entrepreneurs experience the um, whole VC process in, in Germany. Um, that was quite interesting. Um, and um, but what I have the feeling um, that in the U.S. the topic or gets more attention and that the awareness is higher and that there are also funds or more funds coming up and investors um, who are addressing the topic and mm -hmm. um, not only um, investing in, in female-led companies but also talking um, about new ways of investing um, rather in, in companies with more sustainable growth models um, instead of focusing on, on the hyper growth and quick exit strategies mm -hmm. that, you know, are the usual way, of course, for VCs um, to, to get their money back mm -hmm. and the multiples. Um, but I had the feeling that this is already a big topic in the US or am I wrong here? No, you're right. It is a big yeah. topic. We've got organizations. There's an organization called Women in Cloud, and mm. they have an accelerator program that specifically goes out to VCs uh, to fund these women businesses. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've had a lot of success with it. So it is top of mind because it is a big problem. Um, but I think we have still a long way to go. Yeah. But, well, I guess we are talking here to change that. That's right. <laughs> probably not right. going to change it within this talk, but at least um, I believe we are on it and there are several other people out there um, who are getting ready to to change that. that yeah, and I think this is our one little step, right? I mean, we have to all take that step and if we all do it together, we can make make change you know it's not just me and you but if we didn't do it then we wouldn't have our listeners thinking about this topic and then they do something little and it just starts to multiply which is so important so since gender diversity is critical for business and we are seeing a lot of diversity and inclusion programs going on in the u.s uh, lots of focus in corporate america on dni um, and we know gender diversity is very critical to business. What are some of the benefits you feel that female teams bring to an organization? Yeah. I would rather say mixed teams 
mm -hmm. instead of female-only teams um, okay. because I really believe in the whole diversity of teams um, and, and their benefits. Um, those benefits don't come for come uh, automatically. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I see benefits on on or let's focus on two sides. So one is the business performance, um, and the other layer is the personal level, the team dynamics, and the culture. Mm -hmm. um, so talking about the business performance, and there are also plenty of studies out there proving that um, is that um, men and women obviously they bring different viewpoints and have different perspectives but also ideas different insights and and that enables them um, to better problem solving and that also leads to a better performance on a business level mm -hmm. um, which serves also to um, the customer base of the company or the customers mm -hmm. you're attracting. Um, and also, I would say, in terms of attracting and retaining talent, you know, mm -hmm. if you only address 50% of the potential workforce, um, you can't stay competitive in, mm -hmm. in this economy. And I think um, companies are realizing this now and um, hopefully also getting more aware of it um, that gender diversity is important also to to get and to retain the best talent for, for your company. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so that's on the business side and on what I mentioned before, the, the personal level or, or the team dynamics, I guess everyone wants to work in a great team, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but that's also the tricky thing with diverse teams is that you have to enable your team to work in a diverse environment. At least this is my experience, um, because otherwise your team will fail because it doesn't happen automatically to get innovation and creativity out of diverse teams. Um, you rather have more conflict in diverse teams and you have to manage that. Mm -hmm. So that means for me that you have to create a culture first um, that allows collaboration, empathy, but also a multitude of perspectives. And if you get that right, you get all the benefits from your diverse teams mm -hmm. and you get better outcomes because you... Um, activate all those per perspectives and all those ideas that come in that would never come out of a of a group of people who is basically the same. Same, yeah. No, I I think you're right on. I love the concept of mixed teams because our customers are diverse. Our customers are different. You know, they have we have lots of different customers, so we need to represent those customers in a way that they want to work with us. And so having a mixed team is really good and bringing those perspectives. So one of the things is to create that culture. And we found that, you know, in order to create that culture, you have to focus on inclusion. Um, yeah. So you have to talk to your teams and say, everybody's voice must be heard. If you find somebody is not being heard or not saying anything, it is your 
responsibility to call on them, to get their ideas, to get their voice heard, because, um, you know, not everybody is vocal, not everybody um, says things in a meeting. And so, but they have some really valuable thoughts and ideas yeah. that we have to encourage them to, to keep, you know, engaging. And so I really like, um, I like that you talked about the culture, because if you don't create an inclusive culture, then it is going to fail. And it's not going to be, uh, even if you have a diverse team, the culture won't be good and you won't be able to gain the true benefit of it. Yeah, that's true. It, it's nothing that just happens because you mm -hmm. build a diverse teams. It's, it's really, it's a lot about culture and 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 um and giving the the space providing the space and also the safety right mm -hmm. um, i mean we've um we've talked a lot about psychological safety in in several um projects we did mm -hmm. and and that's the 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 first layer you need to have for every employee for every team member to feel safe to say what you want to say and to express yourself and mm -hmm. or to uh, talk about concerns but also and and if you have the safety you can easier share your ideas but if yes. you are afraid of sharing them because you think oh uh, someone probably thinks uh, bad things about you um, you will not share this but if you have this safe space and this team um, where you are able to do that, um, that can unleash a lot of things, I'd say. Right. It becomes such a rich conversation. No, yeah. that's very true. Stay tuned for the rest of today's interview after a brief word from our sponsor. Are you an expert in your field? Are you a woman who values thought leadership? We'd love to have you join us as a guest on an upcoming episode of Tech in the Right Direction. Visit us at directionstraining.com forward slash podcast to apply today. While there, be sure to check out Directions Training's newest initiative, the WIT Cloud Power Scholarship for Azure Fundamentals Certification. This year, we have offered 100 scholarships to women for the Microsoft Azure Fundamentals Training Course, valued at $950 per student as an opportunity to start their pathway to becoming a Microsoft certified professional. Help us continue to drive social change and the advancement of women in the technology industry. Um, so I know you have an accelerator that's female focused. Can you share with us more about that accelerator? Yeah, of course, I'm happy to mm -hmm. do that. Um, that's um, the Grace Accelerator I'm mm -hmm. working at. And yes, that's female focused and in some parts female only <laughs> mm -hmm. um, because um, we are starting at a very early stage. So, but maybe um, starting from the beginning, um, we are based in Berlin in Germany um, and our accelerator <clears throat> focuses on um, empowering women to start their own company. Oh. So when they join the program, they usually haven't founded their company yet. Uh -huh. um, so far, we had three um, summer programs for, for aspiring female entrepreneurs. And during these programs, um, the attendees develop their ideas into first concepts, into prototypes, create business models, and so on. So it's really about forming ideas, co-creating, 
um, and and collaborating. And I would say that we are not the the usual accelerator where you get equity and uh, where we take equity and 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 give money. Mm-hmm. Um, we d- we don't do that um, because we are starting at this at this really early stage mm-hmm. uh, that mm-hmm. I explained before, and our main goal is really to empower, to inspire, and motivate people to start the entrepreneurial journey. You know, and explore their ideas, co-creating with with each other, and um, we we connect them with mentors, with experts, um, with business angels. So we really create this community and this network for them. Um, and and this is very powerful to know that you have a network or a community to hold on to during the tough times uh-huh. that you go through while founding a company. You probably know that yourself uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, established a, a network that helps you um, with your challenges and, and is by your side. Uh, in good and in bad times. Mm-hmm. Um, so during the accelerator, um, we not only provide the knowledge and the coaching to to develop your idea, um, but we also discuss a lot the the mindset you need as a founder. Mm-hmm. I would say that this is a very, very important topic too. That's great. Um, so how many in a cohort? Um, 20. Mm-hmm. And, and how do you uh, find these women? How we find them? Mm-hmm. Um, we have, uh, so we start um, a application campaign every year, uh, which takes about two months. And it's really most most of the, most of it is is going through our network of mentors of alumni that attended the program um and and over the years we we've built quite a big community um and we have up to 300 women applying each year for the program wow that's great mm-hmm. and then um how many have successfully um, you know, started their own business, or are we still very early in the stage? Yeah, um, I counted them a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think currently we have 29 companies that came out of the program, nice. um, which I think is really good uh-huh. um, because what we also did, at least at the f- first two cohorts, um, women could apply with an idea and without an idea. So Mm -hmm. it was really about taking this time and exploring if you want to start a company and how to develop an idea Uh, and, you know, going through this whole process. um, There were also co-founder teams that have met in our program. So there is so much room to discover uh, during that time and not everyone um not everyone became a founder afterwards but mm-hmm. that's okay you know mm-hmm. yeah and they found out if they wanted it or not so that's that's great now how are you funded uh how do you run these programs with you know obviously you give time there's some coaches mentors is it all volunteer how does it work 
Yeah, so um, we have sponsors um, uh-huh. who who um, support us, and um, the mentors um, are doing pro bono work, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, giving their time <laughs> to our attendees, uh, which I'm very, very grateful for. We couldn't do it without them. Uh-huh. Um, and then we also have support in terms of companies providing space um, nice. and providing knowledge, you know, mm-hmm. and, and really, um, yeah, being on our side and, and on the founder's side and, and giving everything they can um, to, to, to help them and help That's us. Great. That's great. Um, is it just in Germany or are you expanding to different regions? So currently, yes, it's it's focused on the on the Dach region. So Austria and, and Switzerland is also part of the game, uh, but the program takes place in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so basically attendees coming from all over Germany and uh, Austria, Switzerland. Uh, we even had one of our last attendees. Uh, she was uh, studying at Stanford at the time, nice. <laughs> but came to Germany over the summer. Um, oh, nice. So... Um, very um so various um uh, people attending that uh-huh. um but we are also building a digital platform now uh-huh. for female entrepreneurs and um of course we will launch it in germany but this definitely has the potential um to go international right right now um what, how has COVID affected this? Are you doing them virtually now or are you just going to wait till things open back up? Yeah. So last year um, we had kind of a lucky timing, I'd say. Our program was planned for uh, to start in August. Mm-hmm. Um, and the day we started our application campaign, that was also that was in March last year, yeah. <laughs> which was also the first day of our first official lockdown in Germany. Um, so <laughs> the whole planning for this um, uh, was was done. You know, we had mm-hmm. to change directions and stuff, and we didn't know back then if we would be able to do the program. You know, mm-hmm. but. Um, we started with the campaign and um, also communicated that we were not sure if it's going to happen in August, but uh, we would um, then change to a virtual setup. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but then numbers went down and um, and um, also the whole circumstances here in Germany were better then. Uh-huh. So we could do the program. We were able to do it on site. And um, we, um, everyone had to do a test at the first day. Uh-huh. Um, and we also changed some, some formats. So, for instance, usually our mentors would come uh, to, to our location for the mentoring sessions. Um, but as we couldn't have that many people in one place, uh, we did this uh, virtually. Um, uh-huh. Also, we would... Uh, take our attendees and visit um, several startups that are female-led and founded by female founders. Um, and of course, we couldn't do that either because who could host a group of 20 people in, in those times, you know? Uh-huh. So, 
uh, we invited the founders to speak at our uh, at our um, location, which was also great, you know. So uh-huh. we had some workarounds. Also, our demo day um, was in a live stream um, uh-huh. and with only a few um, guests um, in in the location. Um, uh-huh. That was great because um, we had we had so many people watching it. And we still have it online as a video, so people mm-hmm. can still watch it to get an idea of who uh, who was part of the of the accelerator, and and it was a huge success. So we we also took a lot of learnings and, and insights out of these special circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. So you pivoted and uh, combined some in person and some virtual, and just you know made it work, and that's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, so you, you talked about a digital platform um, and you're building that right now. Um, so what inspired you to build the digital platform in addition to what you're doing with the accelerator? What was that light bulb moment or was there one, you know, or did it just progress? <laughs> Um, no, there definitely was one, mm-hmm. um, and and not only for me, but really speaking for the whole team, um, mm-hmm. because of course I'm not doing the accelerator by myself. There is a great team behind Grace, and and people who started Grace um, way before I joined. Um, so and that moment or that insight was that. We have these application um, campaign every year and we get all those applications for the accelerator, Mm -hmm. but only take 20 attendees, Mm -hmm. which is great to work with them. And I I also believe that it's more effective to work in smaller groups than having like hundreds of people attending. Mm -hmm. But we were always quite sad that we couldn't support and work together with those other applicants, you Uh know, Uh Um, because we could easily, you know, we we choose 20, but we could easily choose another round of 20 or 40 or 60, Uh you know. Um, So, and that really got to us that we, that we saw, okay, there is so much potential and there really, there is this need to have to to get this guidance and this community and and of course all the knowledge um, and this really um, inspired us to to start developing a digital tool um, that can be used by everyone who wants to start a company. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, so you know you don't want to leave anyone behind because they are inspired, they're motivated, they want to do this. And your capacity, you know, to be successful is a smaller capacity than the volume that you're getting. So I love the digital platform thought process because I think you can inspire and uh, get scale, you know, from for what you're doing. And we need that scale in order to bring more women into to become founders of businesses. So um, what is your proudest professional moment? Can you describe it for us? Was there one moment or is there, you know, a process or a journey that really makes you very proud? Yeah. Um, That's hard to answer. And 
I don't think there is this one moment for me. Mm -hmm. um, it's rather the journey I'm still on, um, still learning things, learn about myself, about others, and um, doing things differently, but also being more reflected. Mm -hmm. um, I am really proud of being a part of Grace. Um, mm -hmm. That's really a, a very important. Um, it, it's not only a job. <laughs> you know right. What I mean? You're making um, a difference. Yeah, and, and it's also having this incredible team um, and um, and also this this community I was talking about before. Um, that's that that's amazing. Uh, it's fun, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and looking at my professional life or moments, um, I think I can say that I learned early on to stand up for myself and for my values. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's something very important to me. And I think that you should be so proud of that because one thing with women that, you know, we lack is confidence and being able to stand up for yourself, being able to command the room when you walk in is so important for us to go down this journey and be successful. So it is a really proud moment and I am so impressed that, you know, you are doing this every day. Yeah, and it's also this this way of thinking about, you know, situations you're in or people you're working with or jobs you have and then questioning it or questioning yourself. And, and sometimes you, you find those moments where you realize, okay, that's not me anymore or this is not what I, I want to be or where I want to be. Um, and I find that really important and, and that's something that helped me a lot to, to realize that and, and then also change it when it, that's when it wasn't satisfying yeah, <laughs> or when no, that's it didn't feel right. You're listening to your gut. That's great. <laughs> I love I'm that. I'm trying. Yes. <laughs> Not no, always working. <laughs> um, so what are you looking most forward to post COVID? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, on a personal and private level, I'd say going to many, many music events and concerts. Yes. <laughs> um, I really miss the beat. Um, and doing sports again outside or in the gym with um, with a group um, instead of doing it at home right. on Zoom in my living room. Um, <laughs> um, I, I did get uh, quite an equipment here now. So um, <laughs> making it work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's good for for mental health too. To uh, <laughs> at least for desperately me. needed. Yes, for yeah, mental health. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then um, business-wise, I would say I'm looking forward to take the good things with me that occurred due to COVID. What are some of those? Yeah. Um, for example, um, one important thing for me is or, or was um, to find a new way of working 
and using um using the um the the several um stages during the day <laughs> mm -hmm. um and, and being more productive because i don't know my working style has changed mm. you know um sometimes i i work very on a on a very long time and and being really concentrated mm -hmm. and i don't have the need to have a break so mm -hmm. my break is later on but then it might be longer and i do uh, a sports session or go for a walk you know and then have another working session later on mm -hmm. or it's the other way around but it provides more flexibility to to use the 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 power that you have um or or that you might not have um and and then doing something else and then working get back to work when you have the power to do it I think um, that so, blended approach is so yeah. important uh, and that kind of gives you that work-life balance because people are looking for where is that balance, you know, I want to work eight to five and then I want to be done and usually it's not that way, you know, you might have to take your kids to the doctor between eight and five, but then you might have a project at at night that you have to finish. So that blended approach is so important and I think learning that um, it you know, really puts you ahead of so many more people. Yeah, and and also um, what I realized um, that I got caught up in so many things because I had to run on a schedule. You know, you have this meeting and you have this appointment and you have this event and you're just trying to make it work in, in a certain amount of time <laughs> Uh, during the day, um, but you can also do it differently. And and I found that really interesting and, and really important. And I really want to keep that um, also um, post-COVID. Um, and then the other thing is that um, as we also switch to digital events and workshops and so on, mm -hmm. um, that provided us the opportunity to... Um, to widen our our network and community and being accessible for women all over the country you know mm -hmm. because um, before that we would do events and workshops in Berlin mainly so people living in Berlin or visiting Berlin would uh, would attend and now we have attendees from all over the country which is great because they also have the need to either learn about new things or exchange with each other, build their network and so on. Um, and I guess that future um, future events will always be uh, on, a, on a hybrid level mm -hmm. and, and, a, and a mix of, of being uh, in a location, but also having the digital space um, added to that. Right. No, and that's making great. everything more accessible for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we do have, you know, a world of introverts that really don't want to go in person, but they should still benefit from the event. And so um, so having the hybrid is is really the ideal situation. And we had to learn it this way, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, this has been so interesting. I just loved, loved, loved our conversation. 
But as a successful leader in closing, what advice would you give to a woman who are, who's considering a career, either founding a business or a career in tech or just, you know, moving into a different career? What what advice would you give her? Hmm. Um, well, there is probably plenty to say, <laughs> um, but I it's it's also of course, based on my experience and, and other people would say something else or, or could add something to it. Um, I would say, um, and, and that was also an important learning for me personal, you don't have to be an expert right from the beginning. Uh-huh. You know, it doesn't matter what you, what you start or where you start, you can learn everything. You don't uh-huh. have to know it all and, um, and find your way in get to know what it is all about if you can see yourself in it you know be it an industry or a specific role um and and then maybe start working towards your goal on 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 working in a on taking a certain career or working in a certain industry you know um but i would say if if you stay stay open um and and try things out um, there is always an option um, to change directions. Mm-hmm. That's great advice. And boy, you know, some uh, women, as women, I think we think we need to know it all before we can do anything. You know, there's statistics that show that women won't even apply for a job if they are, you know, 50, 60, 70% qualified. And it is so important to have that confidence in yourself to make it work. And like you said, if if it doesn't, you can change gears. You don't have to let that stop you from even starting. 30 years I've owned my business and I still learn something every day. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> so and, and you probably also took turns that you've never expected before, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think and, being resilient is so important. Yeah. And, and also I, I, it provides so many opportunities and <laughs> I mean, I can share, um, it, it's probably a very personal story, but, mm-hmm. um, how I like I I started at Grace, but that was really more of a how would you say coincidence? Um, mm-hmm. Because I um, originally applied for a job at another organization, where also the job description it wasn't really a fit to, or I wasn't really a fit to it. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I applied and I wrote into my email, I know I don't, I do not tick all the boxes, but I would love to talk to you. Um, and I talked to them and we had a great discussion, but we found out both sides. Okay. It's probably not the per- perfect fit. Also mm-hmm. for me, it, it was like, okay, probably not the the job I want to do. Mm-hmm. And then, um, the the person I I had the talk with um, said okay um, you know that was a great conversation um, uh, and I know that Grace is looking for a new head of program and would you be interested to get in touch hmm. and I'm like yes please uh-huh. <laughs> things just happen um, and you don't expect them to happen this way right. and sometimes it's this 
just go for it and give it a go. <laughs> it's and part of the journey, right? Happens. And if you didn't do that first step, you wouldn't have got to grace. Probably not. <laughs> right, right. So that's amazing that you even, you know, took that leap and said, hey, I don't check all the boxes, but I do want to talk to you. And that's so impressive. Um, again, you know, your curiosity, your willingness to go that extra mile to find the right thing really speaks volumes about who you are. That's great. Um, so in closing, can you share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you? Um, best way to contact me is on LinkedIn. Huh? Um, just connecting and, and writing a, a short message. Um, that will be lovely and, and probably the easiest way. Sounds great. Well, Leone, it was such a pleasure. I enjoyed every minute of our conversation and hopefully we stay connected and continue this discussion of entrepreneurship. I would love to. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.